0: This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one.
1: Today's show is sponsored by Casper. Get premium mattresses for a fraction of the price. Sleep on Casper for 100 days with free delivery and painless returns. Save $50 on any mattress purchase right now by visiting Casper.com forward slash Pod. And use promo code BCPOD at checkout. Today's show is also
2: sponsored by Lyft. If you're choosing a ride-sharing company to drive for, go with the company that treats you better, Lyft. Go to lyft.com slash today, and you can get a $500 new driver bonus. Again, that's lyft.com slash badchristian for a $500 new driver bonus. You
0: are now
1: entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Three,
0: two. One. I love to dream. I like coffee with cream. I like the shower when it steam. Y'all know what I mean, Bad Christian. Christian. Yeah. 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 It's the bad Christian boy, mm-hmm. It's the bad Christian boy, kid. All
2: right. Welcome to the show. We're in the hotel room. We just got done doing our audio feed yes, we uh, did. performance last night, and
0: uh, here we I've are. I've never seen so many people, first timers, come to know the Lord. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Oh, it was a great it, revival. It was uh, kind of unbelievable. I'd just say that uh, people, it was. There's a lot of transparency that night, and uh, you know, just even reflecting on it this morning, just with a heart of uh, joy and worship myself. Gratitude. Gratitude is the word I, just, I use. I really appreciate that. Joey, you—I mean, when you were crowd surfing across everybody during the podcast, I've never seen that before. <laughs> yeah. First of all, yeah, your shirt kind of rode up a little bit, and I saw your stomach, and I went, "You know what? That's what, one day I hope to be like that—just yeah. comfortable with just my body oozing over fans.
1: Well You kind of thought to yourself, "That's a pastor." Yeah You know just really That's what a pastor is Do you think we'll get to
2: that point Because you know with the pastors They just you know They keep getting more and more Like business people And rock stars Do you think we'll eventually See (laughs) past Mega church pastors Crowd surfing Like getting everybody hyped
1: up Run dive Just run and jump (laughs) Um, Ironically enough
2: You got nowhere to go but up I mean you've seen that With music You know what I'm saying Like everything gets more and more You're right That's all it is Like think about bands Oh there's a band Oh that band was crazy Oh that band's head banging Oh that band's crowd surfing They're going crazy You know things just get more and more aggressive that's how it works
0: so where's that? Pre- pastors eventually start throwing bibles at people in the <laughs> audience like guitars <laughs> or yeah. break It'll Breaking be like the, idiocracy the I mean, It'll be
2: like Bible cannons for, Like t-shirt
0: guns To get the crowd all hyped Between verses and stuff <laughs> You're right That's going to happen Like you know uh, There are tons of bands We uh, Even us at certain points in our career Smash guitars and stuff like that The pastor eventually Is just going to take the podium And smash it every week yeah. They have to buy a new podium yeah, right. It's going to be a podium expense Well just think it's about like,
2: it In the terms of idiocracy If idiocracy the movie If, that, if you had to go forward If they had covered mega churches In that movie What do you think they would look like?
0: Right uh, I mean yeah you're exactly like, right. I'm just
2: saying just explore that for a minute. what 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 do you see if 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 in the movie idiocracy which seems to be coming true. Yeah. You if you went if they, you, you were in that universe and drove over to the local megachurch what do you think you would say for that's a great idea for a movie or a you plot would, or something y- yeah, youtube you would, video yeah, for Tripp and Tyler sure. or somebody to do. You but.
0: would you would totally see like a pastor that uh Always thought people knew who he was, and he would like. He, and somebody doesn't even know he is on the street. Go, oh, come here! And he just prays for them for healing or whatever. Or he signs be, autographs. Yeah, I mean, oh, write, tons of yeah, autographs you know, and meet and greets. There'd be serious uh, security and uh, you know uh, entourage and all that stuff. They'd have um, they'd have vending machines with like.
2: Holy oh, water and stuff yeah. in it. Blessings <laughs> sold out of vending machines and stuff. <laughs> vending
0: machine with your communion wafers. Right. Yeah, yeah,
1: right. All right. So here's the irony with, with what we're talking about, too, is I know y'all are – we're all being kind of – sat Satirical? Nope. Is that a word? Nope. Sat- satirical? No, these are actual real
2: proposals put forth by me okay. to yeah. implement. Cool, cool. Anyway. No satire.
1: Last night – No satirical. Last night at the Matt and Toby show, it – oh <laughs> – what people can't what people will understand with this album is the unique combination of songs that you guys have put out there that i I'm almost willing to bet has never been done before, and that is very heartfelt personal lyrics that put the church in a negative light and yet also worshipful songs that are obviously a reflection of the church mm-hmm. that you guys have experienced seeking God together. So last night was a very, at least for me, almost worshipful experience. Well, I mean, I'll explain
2: to them just for in case a lot of people don't know. Toby and I have a band called Matt and Toby in yeah. addition to Emory, and we played at the festival last night. I did the podcast about 6 o'clock, yep. and then we did our Matt and Toby set at about 9 o'clock. So, yeah. Yep. yeah,
1: Yeah. I mean, so seriously, you guys have a song – about a pastor coming over to, you know, to, I guess it's in the first person, and a pastor comes to the person, uh, Toby, uh, I guess, or, or whoever right. Toby's singing about, and is basically seeking out uh, the uh, Toby who didn't go to church and basically saying, you know, come to church. That's where problems are fixed, and Toby is already has his mind made up that he's walking away from that. But the whole song, to to me, it's it's almost like a highlight of what the church is supposed to be like, and negative towards what the church has become. But I mean, I'm serious. Like you can get night- all that
2: from the lyrics. Watching it live, like that's one thing I like about the Matt and Toby set. Is so just about the voice and the song. It's not, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not loud right. and all that. Well, so. this
1: is this is where some prejudice comes in, too. I mean, Toby has always been a moving vocalist for me and especially live and knowing him and knowing how he has gone through life and processed things, his ups and downs and everything, and then he's literally almost like screaming the lyrics. And uh, it's not Emery style. It's a very slow, subdued, Mm -hmm. uh, depressing-sounding, poppy-sounding type song, and yet Toby is singing it with such heartfelt. But seriously, the combination of an album that's called I Quit Church and it is very abrasively negative towards the church, and then hand-in-hand hand singing worship songs to God, again, that you can't separate God right. and the church. It's pretty crazy. It's like revolutionary. Revel- I don't know if it's revolutionary. <laughs> and I, I think all it is is complex,
2: though. I mean, it's it's like, you know, as for much as people say all y'all do is complain and there's no solutions. But, well, that's partly because solutions to things are complex and not simple, but so I think just simply doing things that are complex and make you think and make you feel uncomfortable or hold tension is, and tensions, uh, holding things in the tension is probably almost cliche at this point, I'm sure, but it's for a reason. Things become cliche for a reason, but the point of that is that if you can pay attention to it, if something's worth paying attention to, you can be negative about what you should be negative about without, and then still be positive about what's positive at the same time, and that's really just a sign of maturity. There's somebody that says a quote from somebody that says, "You know, maturity is being able to hold two opposing views at the same time." That's right. kind of that is kind of a uh, a mature thing, and I'm not saying we're mature or any of that. I'm just saying m- even musically, that's what you want. That's how, what we've always wanted with Emory is loud music cross with pretty music so you say oh i like pretty music i hate that screaming right. see if you can make people lo- listen to both at the yeah. same time that's what i'm always looking for so it's no wonder i like that about the music or the style or this podcast can you sit here and listen to this podcast and understand that i love jesus and right. i'm gonna d- say what i'm gonna say and this is what this is like can you do that and, and I, it seems like people can
1: yeah and i think that you know th- this this is Sounding very uh, like we feel really good about ourselves. And I don't mean it this way, but I do think, okay, I can say it this way. I have learned this early on in the podcast, Matt, you have said stuff like, and, 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 and in response to things I'm saying or pushback that I'm giving Toby, you're like, that is not. You can't go all the way that one way, like Toby is saying one thing that doesn't represent his whole perspective on this mm-hmm. situation, and I think we are teaching people that, and uh the Matt and Toby album, those two songs I quit Church and the Pastor came by, a lot of people's pushback will be like, "Oh, my church definitely has a better perspective. Right. Toby's not thus, saying every single one of us that's what i'm saying the He's,
2: The person that says that is exposing to me what I would consider. Immaturity. I don't mean as an insult, right? I I really don't, because I mean, like you said, you used to be this way, and you're friends with us. You know
1: what I mean? Like, like there's pastors that Toby loves outside of me being his friend. He doesn't love me as a pastor, by the way. We're friends, Mm -hmm. but there's pastors in Toby's life that he's like, I really love that guy. Sure. So it's not like pastors are shitty, all of them. It's here's a glaring problem in the church, and I'm gonna sing about it and. Not apologize or try to neutralize it in right. an
0: artful song. Right. <laughs> you know? Y'all know, you are saying this better than I could.
1: Oh, I know. We're way
0: more eloquent. <laughs> I wrote the song that moved you. and said it's revolutionary. <laughs> and I'm not eloquent at speaking. I think the thing that I wanted to do with this record, especially lyrically, is like, exactly like what you said. I love the idea of that we respect people enough that they can handle this. Yeah. That I love that we can sing songs that we think worship our God and are really good musically. Like, I, I hate when you subtract art from the idea of worshiping your God. Like, that's my biggest critique of church music that I've said over and over. And worship pastors and the church, they play it too safe. They don't really challenge any people. They hit them at the lowest or the easiest, low, lo, they set the lowest bar at the easiest point in your life where they just talk about pain or one day it'll be better or something like that's just the common thread throughout most of today's. It's almost Christian like a music. fortune teller, isn't it? Right, exactly, and it's it's almost like this prosperity thing, or that God is all God. The only thing God cares about doing is if you pray to him enough, he'll make your life better. Yeah. and I, That doesn't sound like worship to me. That sounds like, like you said, a genie in the bottle or well, something it's like that. Like, I, I mean Lord, fortune teller
2: did. in a specific way. Yeah. Like, I'm fishing for it. Now, I think you're struggling with something. I'm getting right. worried. Maybe you have an aunt who maybe is yeah. – It's like it feels like I that. Mean, you like can easily – everybody yeah. has something right. bad, and
0: I, right. I understand that. And, some, and you need those songs. I, I get that. But I wanted to be able to – for Matt and Toby to have a record that – Man, you can listen to a worship song like "All Creatures of Our God and King." That's like right now maybe my favorite song on the record. But like you can listen to that song, and then then maybe the next song is going to be about how I don't know if I can go to church on Sunday morning anymore because I can't stand what's happening. Right. <laughs> or I don't. I want to be. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, can't can't we respect the listener enough to know if they can handle it? They might right. not. I mean, what if? How about just starting like they might can like the music first. Oh, this is cool music. Let's start there. Like that's what I hate. Uh, About the Christian agenda is it doesn't start anywhere like art or uh, what you might think about something. It starts with here's the agenda. We got to get you to this stage in your life or else we failed. That's just not true. You can give people stuff. So first of all, we wanted to do really awesome, laid back, uh, great record where it can just be on in the background while you're grilling, hanging out, whatever, and it just be really good. And then and really musical and really artistic. And then also, I want the lyrics to kind of challenge you. What did you say? Wait a minute. He, he's quitting church, or what does that even mean? Right. What does it mean to quit church? Right. You know what I mean? Like I like people wrestling with these songs
1: a little. bit. I would
2: right? say that the album is a hundred percent. No way you could describe it other than Christian music, right? Yeah. Like yeah. it's a fully. I mean, Emory's not a Christian band. I don't think of it that Maybe. way. Matt and Toby's this album is essentially. A worship album called "I Quit Church." It's yeah. a Christian album. Uh, half of it, at least, could be used on on a Sunday morning, and it's totally. singing as Psalms redone. And it's just that. Yeah. That's what, what I love really.
1: too is the song "Pastor Came By." Is that what it's called? The Pastor, Pastor Stop by. by. Pastor By. What I love about that song too is nobody can accuse you of complaining, but not offering solutions. Now, the solution that you sing about at the end, as far as here is what the church really is, may not suffice for people who are like, "Well, how do you get there? How do you you know?" But still, it is. Here's I'm identifying a problem, and the solution isn't anything we need to do. It's something that we need to think about. I'm not saying that he owes that to him. I'm just saying that's what happens. Is
2: just so irritating. Like let's say who uh, Franklin Roosevelt said we have nothing to fear. JFK who said we have nothing to fear but fear itself. Franklin Roosevelt is that right? That's uh, some president. JFK. Whatever. Whoever said that? Jim Carrey. I think. (laughs) Jim Carrey. Ben Diesel. Um, (laughs) Whoever said that? It's not like you don't go to that guy and say, "What does that mean? How do I apply that to my life?" I mean, he's saying a truth that makes you think about something and you got to Yeah, but that's what I, you're supposed to do. And then sure, people get but Toby didn't out. do that in the No, song. I know that's what I'm saying, but so, that's what I hate about that mindset. Sure. It's like,
1: "Okay, well tell me how to apply that." Right. Are you that dumb? Right. Right. You have to have that? Here here's what's interesting is we have created and we are taking um a lot of part in something that we uh, made called Twitter. And still we are not learning from Twitter. So Twitter basically is Put out a profound thought in 140 characters, and we still haven't learned that that doesn't represent all of someone's thoughts because you can't fit it in there. And yet, that's what we do. Someone sends out a tweet, we're like, I can't even believe you would say that. Like, you know, there's so many exceptions to that. 140 characters, I can't fit it. So So, just let me say. Don't even bother to try.
2: to to, Yeah, communicate something. Totally.
1: Well. Here's what I love to communicate, and uh, you could probably do it in 140 characters. You could say, Casper is the best mattress absolutely ever. But anyway, Priscilla and I, we got a Casper mattress. It was, I I mean, you really do ask that question. How did they do that? How did they put this uh, king-size mattress in this box, and it comes out, and it's like sleep heaven, So a team of engineers over at Casper spent thousands of hours developing it. It combines supportive memory foams, foams and a springy comfort layer for a sleep surface. This got just the right sink and just the right bounce, and I can say that from experience. We have a harder time getting up in the morning because the daggone mattress feels so good. So Casper makes a premium mattress and sells it online for a fraction of what it would cost in a store. Their business works by continuously developing their mattress using feedback of nearly half a million customers, real customers, have said the mattress is like sleeping on uh, brioche and like being cradled by the tinkling of baby laughter in the moonlight. (laughs) Buying the Casper is easy. Order online. It's delivered to your door in a compact box. Free shipping and free returns. It's available in the U.S., Canada, and now the United Kingdom. Considering we spend one-third of our lives on a mattress, it's important to truly sleep on a mattress before committing. So that's why Casper gives you 100 nights to try it out. So get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com forward slash Pod. All right, so go get this mattress and sleep like you never have slept before from that point on.
2: Thank you, Joey. So let me uh, tell people, lest you got their appetites all up for the Matt and Toby record, we'll move on from that, but... We do have it up for pre-order You can get a couple songs right away And we'll give you some more songs as we get along here If you have, if you are a type of person at pre-order We'll give you some more treats as time goes on We're waiting on the release for this album Until the vinyl is done Vinyl pressing takes a while So I don't exactly have the release date yet But there's some songs you can get right away And buy vinyl, whatever package it is And you can hear some of it right away And, we'll, and we will we do that at badchristian.com Or mattandtobeband.com uh speaking of the stuff we were talking about, here's something I was thinking about this morning is, you know, when I think a lot of times or when I'm talking or anything, I almost – I close my eyes. I and mean, I like to uh, – I just – there's something about the way my brain works where I am certain that I am not a – what I always hear people talking about being a visual learner, which is weird because I always make fun of people for that because it's like everybody I know, anybody I've ever heard says – I am oh me, I'm a visual learner, as if that's rare, but I assume everybody feels that way, and they all like to claim like they're this unique person that I'm a visual learner, but I'm telling you, I really don't understand that like it is so like for sure, I've never heard anybody say the opposite of that, but except for me, I am the so not a visual learner, I'm only what would the what would that opposite of that even be? I'm an audio learner, yeah. I mean, auditory learner. I don't think, learner, of, I don't think that learner. either, though. I just don't. I don't see how learning is even. I mean, I just I, like I just. I don't know if it's just me being weird, so I'm asking for help here. But I have really feel like being a visual learner almost makes no sense. To me. Do you want?
1: Do you want pushes back here? Or? <laughs> no, yeah.
2: I'm just. I'm, I literally. The more I, I've, I've heard that forever and made fun of it because it sounds goofy and silly to me, but. I was thinking about this morning I really don't even understand what that means.
1: Right. Well, so my wife is definitely ultra visual learner and what that means is if I'm explaining to her okay so here's what we're doing you know, with our budget or, okay, so here's how when you're walking through the store, if it says 35% off, here's how you can just do that in your head. If I start talking to her about, you know, just move the decimal point back, that's right. 10%, then multiply that by three and then take that and divide it by two and then add it all together. She's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I got I to gotta see that where there are some people uh-huh. that can really listen intently and visualize it in their head as they're doing See, it. That,
2: no, that's where that's where you lose me. That's that's the t- that's that's where I got confused when I started thinking about it. Is it just you need visual input to put it in your head? Or do you actually have to put it and or do you have to put it in your head and every time you think about it, you have to think about it visually you no, have to visual, visualize visual, it to think of something?
1: Visual learning is actually doing the learning by seeing and not conceptual. So that's the input side of it. But yeah. you're saying
2: even some people can listen and you're even that's what I'm saying, you have a high visual bias, it seems to me, because you're saying even once you see it, then you can visualize it in your head. Sure. And I'm telling you, I don't visualize shit in my head.
1: No, what I'm saying, though, is there's some people that are auditory learners. They can take what you're saying. Yep. And then visualize and, it. Yes. Okay, what I'm telling you is even after I take
2: what you're saying, I don't visualize it, even in my head. Yeah. I don't visualize it at all.
0: I what just, do you do with the knowledge that you learn? If somebody says, "Hey, Matt, here's how you uh, change your oil in your car," you do this with this. It, like, if well, I, I mean, if I, you know that little thing under the under here. You unscrew that and do, and then you do your filter. Like, like if I say that, how do you apply it? What, when you're saying you don't, I mean, I use visual
2: it. and audio and old factories. I use senses to get data input, and then I think about it until I understand it. And then when I understand something, I don't have to picture it like a three-year-old looking at pictures. I guess I do the three-year-old.
0: I mean, I'm not not saying you were going to explain to me sales tax or whatever, like how much percentage off. I I probably would be the same way. I'd I'd say, hey, can you just write it down? And uh, okay, now I see this, this, and this, like. And then I would visualize that in my head and probably do it forever or whatever from that. But I think I need a little bit of something concrete that I can see. But not if you understand it. You don't, The more
2: you understand something,
0: the less it's you the need the visual, it's like right? You almost think you're if like, you understand you, something, you don't have to learn it. But it's almost like you're face blind. I think that's your brain setup. Because yeah, I can remember bit. so many people's faces. I can't remember their names or anything. Yep. I, don't, I don't input people's names at all. Like when I meet you and you say your name, I'm not listening to it. I'm thinking, what am I about to say or whatever it is. But if you... Uh, probably if I took the they Had their picture and wrote their name in front of it, then I'd probably, yeah. I mean, I understand that there's
2: it, visual. I mean, first of all, I could absorb better by listening than reading. I mean, so that's the input side, but I'm saying, even in my head, if so I'm like thinking so like if
0: you were going to read a book, an audible book would be better for you, yeah. Of
2: course, I mean, I, I can't read real. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm bad at reading, like, See, and I'm horrible at that,
1: yeah. Like, I, I I don't even understand how people can listen. I can to listen to a teacher to give a
2: lecture and then I can take the test. I don't write notes and right. look at them. It doesn't make
1: I never have never taken in notes in my I like life, reading
0: or listening.
2: But yeah. so what's weird about it is Thanks, it, it's, it's like if, I, if I'm thinking about – and I know everybody's just disagreeing with me because I've never heard anybody even say it. I, I'd like for somebody, to if they could explain or send me an article or something on it. I'm not, I'm not trying to make you fun of everybody. You wouldn't read it. 99% of people are the other way, I'm sure. But like if I'm doing something like – let's say I'm wiring an electrical panel i don't I, I mean I don't think in flashcards of take the red wire and put the red wire to the red and do, I mean it's not that I'm thinking well what's a, a what's a forty amp circuit what is the breaker how much can that hold like how I understand how electrical works and how far apart the panels are how far apart the outlets are supposed to be and what the cable runs are like i can I think about those things, but I don't have to use pictures when I think about them. I'm just thinking about the concept yeah, so it's not there's nothing really visual to it. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, the downside is as you're right. I can't recognize people's faces very well. If I close my eyes right now, there's zero. And every single day of my life, if you tell me to close my eyes and then tell me what anybody else in the room is wearing,
1: is absolutely no no <laughs> chance
2: that I could could do that. Once it's, cra- it's
1: crazy. Like sometimes I yeah. won't even notice when Priscilla bought some new clothes. I'm, yeah. uh, like, well, it's
0: like that. But I'm just saying the visual data. I, I never miss it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I yeah. never miss it. Just so there, there must be, be advantages
2: to it. I mean, it's not smart and dumb or anything i'm just saying it's to me though it really genuinely feels when i think about it that visual data is just distracting like if i'm walking around right now if i'm trying to think of what to say yes everything out here is a simple like there's a curtain there's a damn mcdonald's cup you're lounging i mean all these things are impediments to me thinking and understanding how stuff works in the world so (laughs) i almost like close my eyes and walk around and try to not see stuff yeah. In order to think because it's distracting,
1: so with with the whole faces thing, like I know you you two have dealt with this for absolute uh, i guess a decade and a half or so, but here I have so much respect for people that come up to me, they know who I am, they listen to the podcast, and they say, "Hey, I really wanted to meet you," and then they follow up with, "I read your book." What were you, what'd you mean by such and such? Or, hey, man, I wanted to meet you. How was your traveling? I love people like that. What I cannot stand is, hey. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> what you can't stand is a hey. You know right. I mean? Because then- I'm like, you just came up to me, and you just tasked me. With carrying a conversation with you, that's not my job. It's the, uh, uh, I one just of the worst hate things. that. I know that's that's one of the worst things. That is it's not- new to
2: Joey though, like because you know what I mean. Like uh, he hasn't had so many encounters with
0: people that you know know him from his right. From that's being- happened to us now forever. People, I think it, it, here's the thing: we know each other as just regular old dudes. But when somebody comes up and goes, "Man, I've been listening to this podcast for years, and now I'm meeting the guy in person." it maybe it seems a little intimidating the moment or whatever but it just isn't but they yeah. don't know what to they don't know what to say and they just think Oh, I'm just talking
1: to you. You're going to you entertain me all the time. Right. So yeah. right. You've trained, trained them again. to think right. I listen to this guy right. and
2: I don't say anything.
1: I mean, but you just <laughs> I guess be smarter than that. Like I, I, Ooh, I would even He's
2: be... going to get pastor nice guys about to get jaded. Oh, I'm jaded. loving it. So I'm saying do this for 10 more years. Yeah. <laughs> I would be
1: I would be more comfortable with even fans. <laughs> I'd be more comfortable with even sensing that they rehearsed Something than to come up to me and put the responsibility on me. Like for example, when I saw Mark Driscoll at a Mexican restaurant, and this was at a point in time where I was like, "Man, this guy is just—it's kind of disappointing." At the same time, he had a huge impact on my life, and I wanted to meet him, so I went up to him and I said, "Hey, how's it going? I just want to let you know that you've made a big impact on my family, and it really is nice to meet you. Hope everything's going well." I let him respond once. And I was like, see you you're later. Already, and you're already backing away. Yeah. I'm like, it's good meeting you. I mean,
2: w- well, or you could can you imagine you go up to him or anybody else and you say, Hey, how's it going? And they say, Hey, I'm Mark. Right. And you go, I'm Joey.
1: Right. Right. Then at I mean, seriously, at that point Or I know who you are. I listen to your sermons. Right. At I mean, that at that point, that is fine. But then say well, good to meet you. It's yeah. like, well, big gobs, right. huh? Oh, yeah. See you later. Or, so
2: here is what always happens: is that you know that you've gone just a little bit, you you've been just a slightly underprepared for the engagement. When there is a little bit of a pause, and then the person that you approach now has to come up with the question. So, right, you are from around here? Yeah. At that point, he's having to do the what you would call the heavy right. lifting, <laughs> and what's and that's what's... all it is. You just don't want them to do the. It's fine to take their time. Right. It's totally okay to say hey to somebody. But you, if you approach the person – and this has nothing to – this this really has nothing to do with being a celebrity except for the fact that being a, a famous person or a, a well-known person is one-sided and it makes them uncomfortable. So there's a little excuse there. But the same thing applies if you go to a dinner party, if you meet a, bo- a boss or a colleague or if you just pass somebody in the break room at work. Yeah. It's the same thing. Just you shouldn't ha- ever – have the other person do the heavy lifting. And if right. everybody approaches all conversations that way, all conversations you have will be right. better. Right, I mean, it's just, it applies to me and you if we're right. going to talk in the car.
1: Right, right, seriously. What, am I
2: just going to sit back and just let you pursue yeah. me on the whole ride to Chicago yeah. today? Because- and, what,
1: and what's crazy is I have the people and social skills to do the heavy lifting, but I'm thinking to myself... It's not fair. It's not right.
0: fair. <laughs> you you came word? up to me. Like, no. just the let me is, chill. The funniest thing ever is when we do the acoustic Emery shows, which are so fun, and we have the audience to say, any questions you have, you know, do, okay, do that. And this is the opposite. They won't talk in front of anybody, won't ask a question. And then as soon as I'm done, I'm wrapping up cables trying to get out of there. They go, hey, listen, I didn't have an opportunity to ask a question. Let me do a third record. <laughs> was, and I was, I said, I, I, so I started telling people, hey, you have to ask your questions now. This is your opportunity. I'm giving you instructions to ask the questions. So <laughs> I think most people are just intimidated by the moment. Yeah, I really do. Yeah. And so I want to be nicer oh, and totally. a little bit more graceful. But at the same time, you're right, it's so hard. There's been tons of times where if somebody doesn't talk, I, I just don't talk either. And yeah, I yeah, no, I, them to. Oh, and I, then I they think, wow, oh, he's kind of an asshole." Yeah, oh, yeah, I thought yeah, it would yeah. be really cool. Yeah, he's definitely not <laughs> that good at talking. Right? <laughs> 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 Thinks but he can talk <laughs> on a podcast? He ain't shit. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, i will gonna say too, though. Uh, I'm using my talking skills, and uh, this is this is pretty cool. I have one ride-sharing app on my phone, and that is Lyft. And for two reasons, I have this. One. It's the ride-sharing company, the app that I use, Lyft. I use it every time I come back from Nashville uh, on a flight. Lyft always takes me right to my door. It's so easy, so cheap. And also, I am a driver for Lyft. I'm fully certified, got all the paperwork done, went to the meeting, everything, because I believe in this company so much. And here's why. It's because Lyft is so easy to work for, so awesome, and I'm going on vacation, and I'm like, oh, you know what? I can fit this in my schedule, do a a few Lyft drives, and pay for my whole vacation. Like I love that, that Lyft is so easy for me. Uh, to where either I can use it to get me around town or I can uh, use my car and drive for Lyft and make enough money to take the kids to the aquarium when we go on vacation to do you know, do the things that I want to do. So that's why I love this company and that's why Bad Christian loves this company. It's a simple formula. Happy drivers mean happy passengers. Maybe that's why 9 out of 10 Lyft rides uh, get a perfect 5-star rating. Lyft knows that their drivers are what keep them moving, so they do everything they can to make sure their drivers are happy. And that's true. You can earn hundreds of dollars a week plus tips. Want to earn more money? Drive more. It's never been easier to give yourself a raise. And that's what I that's why I like it. It fits in any schedule. You can drive when you want to and when you don't want when you don't want to, you don't have to. Uh, But Lyft works with your schedule. Lyft was the first rideshare platform with tipping built right into the app because getting tipped shouldn't depend on your passengers having a crumpled bill in their pocket. You keep 100% of the tips, and they add up fast. Drivers have been paid over $200 million since the feature was first introduced. And Express Pay lets you get paid almost instantly instead of waiting for, wi- for weeks. Lyft has even taken the guesswork out of pickups. The new amp service uses color coding to help passengers find their drivers. It's just so easy to use. and uh, uh, It's just the best. So join the ride-sharing company that believes in treating its people better. Go to lyft.com slash today, and you can get a $500 new driver bonus. That's lift.com slash bad Christian. Lift L Y F T dot com slash bad Christian. Mm-hmm. Limited time only in terms apply. Very Go good. check it them out. Thank
2: you. So I don't want to discourage people from saying hey to me in public. Oh, totally. I totally like right. I, I love l- it. Yeah, yeah.
0: I love meeting people. Yeah, and that's I why I say
2: did. I like being known and doing the podcast because you can just come up and say, hey. My name is Steve. Right. I totally agree with what you were saying about being a visual learner. Actually, I'm this way too. I mean, we can just start right there. Right. It's great. I'm, I love talking to people about stuff. Right. And that's and keep that in mind when you go to a dinner party. Have one thing in your back pocket when you go to a business networking event. At least have something. Yeah. That's just right. that's just all there is
0: to it. So just don't be nervous. We are dipshits. You've, you've disagreed with us. Laugh us. If you listen to this podcast right now, when you meet us, we're just regular folks that, you know, we don't need any reverence or anything like right. that. You can Now, don't come up and give me a wedgie. Don't don't take it too far. Don't be mean. Hey, you know, hey, don't come up to Joey and go, hey, fat ass, you piece of shit. Don't do that. <laughs> be nice. Be graceful. We're fun, nice guys. We are cutting up here, and we're friends forever. So even though you – might feel like our our friend don't go take it too far. Be nice, and then we'll love you forever. Hey,
1: I love the fact that you are, you are killing that word, Gracefield man. Oh, I, I, I just, love it's, it.
0: It's, it's part of you know.
1: It's part of my DNA. <laughs> you got the grace gene, man. Yeah, man. I mean, you, you'd never hear somebody <laughs> like a a, book, a right? supervisor just... in the corporation saying, "Guys, I mean, your your productivity has just been really unbelievable. I love how we're communicating. Can we step it up, being?" A little more grace-filled with one another. <laughs> Somebody should write a book
2: called the the Grace Gene, or try to make some case for that. Because they do the selfish gene, or the God gene, or oh the, yeah, what, uh, you know all that stuff. Like
0: that's a good one. That, that's
2: people love to try to identify something in the genome, and it almost gets into this weird Pseudoscience realm where people like to say everything everything is in their
0: genome. You know, right, but Christian's fall but, for that big time. Yeah. Like oh. If you just say, hey, there's a grace gene, you just got to tap into it, and here's how. <laughs> yeah. and if you just show the loosest science, man, you could write this book. Oh, I know. The it, loosest yeah. science. The loosest, scientists yeah. back in 1979 <laughs> actually found, they tested six monkeys, yeah. and those monkeys, when they were nicer to each other, were happier. Now, here's how you do it, and that's all you got to do. Do, yeah. do one study where they studied some apes or something like that and you'll be set you can totally and tie that. it to loosely to uh, christianity Joel, or you, like that. you've been on this uh the emory acoustic tour and uh, i was wondering do you ever get the itch like man because you were you were emory's first bass player yeah do you ever get the itch like man after all these years it would have been fun like if i was sitting up there playing bass right now like do you ever have any any regret of that like it's not i don't think it'd be a regret but do you ever like have a want like oh that'd be actually pretty cool if i was going on stage right now to play bass and rock out is that kind of in you? Um. Hmm. When you watch our show, you don't think that way.
1: I no. I guess I would say it like this. I actually. Re- it's funny. Somebody asked me the same question last night. I actually really enjoy playing the bass. Yeah. Like it almost feels like harmonizing with your voice. And I. Lo- so for a while after dropping out of Emory, I would listen to music and try to play along. And I had learned some scales and all that sort of thing. So I missed that. Just in itself, but I seriously made such a practical decision about 10 years ago. I was like, there are a lot of things I want to do with my life, and I have very limited time, and I've got these kids that we're bringing into the world. I can't do it all, so I just decide. I made a decision. I'm not practicing bass. I'm not going to become a any sort of musician. Now, I have an acoustic bass in my house That I need to get the E string back on there because it's it's missing an E string. (laughs) The damn E string. Yeah. So uh, (laughs) Priscilla's stepdad. uh, I mean, how long? Just a quick side note. How long have you needed to get an E string? A good year. (laughs) 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 So it is something that I think about maybe doing for fun. And, you know, maybe I could even get to the point where if I played enough, I could play. On the worship team, if they needed me or something like that. Right. But <laughs> so, so I don't necessarily look at you guys and think, oh man, that could have been me. What did I do? But maybe sometimes I'll be like, I'd be fun to play bass with them if I knew how. Yeah. But it's never in any sort of like, oh man, this sucks. Like they're so lucky. Yeah. Like if thing. you
0: knew a couple songs, it'd be fun to like hop up and just play a song with sure. them or something like that. Yeah. But you know what? I kind of think you might have dodged a bullet there. I was thinking too. Because you never toured with Emory. Right. You know what I mean? Like but back in the day when we were just 747 and, and – We did one tour. tour. We did one tour, but that was like, right. you know, not not real. It was right. DIY and right. nobody knew who we were. But if you'd have gotten – I've always wondered like people that have toured with us, whether they were in the band or crew or whatever – I always wonder, does touring screw you up a little bit? Because if you do it a little, it's fun, it's For neat, sure it does. Brotherhood, it's brotherhood, camaraderie good with other idea. people, and you don't get that almost in any other thing. You know what I right. mean? Like a, a, a job yeah. outside of music, touring musicians and stuff like that is a lot different. No, you're right. But you might have that in, you know, maybe they, they probably have that in like sports, or the circus or fishing boats, military, yeah, yes. touring, right. uh, you know, if you're crab fishing, yeah.
2: you know, things that where it's relatively intense right. and there's a lot of camaraderie and then it doesn't make sense to normal people, like right. the stuff you would see and do. And it's just hard. Like there's so many examples of stuff like that. Like it, it's a, it's maybe it's a sh- extreme situations. is what it, I guess touring. I mean, it's nothing compared to military and stuff like that, so don't mishear me on that. But it, nonetheless, the, it's so un, abnormal and relatively extreme that thing. other extreme things leak in. So, for instance, drug use is yeah. – is, like is. I think about that a lot. Was this a question for Joey? I'm sorry I'm talking. That's both so. of us. Okay. <laughs> um, somebody made a comment that I talk over other people's questions a lot. I'm trying to be aware of oh, it. Oh, so. no. I mean, <laughs> man, <laughs> man.
1: only like 90% of the time. I'm I know it, I know it. <laughs> um, <laughs>
2: It, but you know, if you, I was thinking about Elvis and Johnny Cash and these people, and they wind up using drugs and stuff like that, and it just it just it makes a lot of sense. It's not because it's not even trying to party. It's like, oh, I have to be on this. I have this five a.m. flight. Well, people wouldn't understand this. Well, I'm up late now. I got to go. You know, you get on and you have money and it's a little bit. It's not even about being rich or enabled or partying. It's just the situation's different like if if you if some family took some trip and, they, and and all the schedule's weird and whatever they would you know you just behave really differently in those situations and then when that becomes normal things that seem abnormal to other people start to seem pretty normal or or justified to you. So it gets out of yeah. whack fast. And then when you go try to reintegrate to regular life, it's a little bit weird. Plus, even if you complain about hating to her and you quit, you'll still miss it. Like, that's just the way we're set up is weird. Like, if you go, right. you would just want to reenact stuff, even if you didn't like it, because it just becomes what you're used to and stuff. So I think. Yeah, and
1: it's, it's, a, it's almost like a high. Like, I, I, I guess, wanna do yeah. That
2: again. Or maybe it's like tattoos. Like, oh, shit, I hate this. But, yeah.
1: I love it. I gotta get
2: some more or something. Yeah, it's like we're gluttons for punishment or something.
0: Yeah, but it's weird for me too. When I come back from tour, it definitely takes me at least a day or two to become dad again or husband again. Yeah, like because like when we're on tour, a
1: day is like a week.
0: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. no, two months. Yeah, (laughs) but when I come home, for sure, like I, I've been hanging out with guys in either our bus or hotel rooms or in you know dark bars. And drinking beer, screaming, hollering, dancing, performing, entertaining—always, almost. I'm always on. When you're on the road, it's either you know you're trying to get somewhere, you're driving, to, you're, and then when you get there, you gotta be in front of people. And you have to make sure you're nice or talkative or yeah. whatever. Like we were talking before. And so when I get home, I'm a little bit depleted. And then also my kids need my attention. My wife needs my attention, uh, or wants it, and I want. Then I have to go, okay, I have to be on steel, but then I have to do it in a way that this yeah. is my family again. And sometimes that transition is a little hard. Like I come back and I don't even – and like one of the worst things for me is uh, I, I don't think it's uh, probably that – you know how you would describe your depression, that feeling in your chest or whatever, yeah. Joy? But when I have a long flight like from, you know, Seattle all the way back like to Charleston or something back in the day or even Nashville now, I don't talk to anybody for – you know, eight hours or something with yeah. that trip. And then when I get home, I don't want to talk. Or so. And I have this feeling of like, uh, it's not anxiety almost, but it's like, okay, now I have to, hey, kids, how you doing? Our dance here. And tickling, and yeah. and I'm happy to see them, but I actually have to almost push to yeah, get yeah, there right. because even though I mean it and I want that, and I love my kids and my wife, there's this thing where I haven't, you know, I've been around <laughs> yeah, all these yeah. people, and then I haven't spoken to anybody for right. eight hours. And now I'm like, ah, oh, and it's always tough. It's always yeah. tough. <laughs> it, this
2: sounds horrible But I feel the same With Zach Well hey Sometimes I get home Sometimes I see my wife I'm like oh I miss her so bad Or whatever right. But I haven't seen her Or touched her Or anything in a while So it's like I give her like a hug And a kiss And it feels like Like an ex-girlfriend right. Or something <laughs> You know what I mean Like oh yeah She's this You know what I'm talking about yes. When you see your ex-girlfriend and give her a hug Or something right. like, Oh hey <laughs> Like uh, okay Oh yeah right You the, uh, That's right I don't know what's going to happen now, But this is the new yeah. book game. That's right <laughs> <laughs> But the whole tone of it I think the, one of the other biggest Thing is just For something about the the, It's it's a rough environment Which you wind up Being comfortable with Like it's an aggressive Like it's it's insults And dirt Coarser speech And stuff like that And then you get home And it's not that And it's just like But it's really confusing On what's better Because there's some of being on the road and having your guard totally down and it's can say anything and there's no, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's very pleasant once you get used to it. Like the, the, yeah. the like we're going to be dirty. We can sleep here. It doesn't matter. Nobody's right. going to complain about it. Almost anything. Like it feels uh-huh. like, yes, like a unit. Uh, Do you something? guys, uh, uh,
0: this hotel room feels so, I mean, we're in a hotel room right now. I feel so happy that I can, leave my coffee cup right here and i don't have to go oh wait i better clean it up Wait, where's the dishes let me Mm -hmm. do all the towels on the floor my clothes are on the floor what Mm -hmm. like i just not i love all those things that our house is clean but like that's what i'm saying here i don't even think about it so then going back to my house i go well i gotta think about this again are you weird feeling
1: do you guys get defensive when people have snide remarks about oh that's the life i bet i mean because there is a lot of work involved there's a lot of sacrifice so that's my first question. My second question is: Do y'all have any problem saying right now your wives have the harder end of the bargain for sure with what they're doing in comparison? to Well, what I you're know doing. for sure Jess,
0: Jess would not want to be on tour. She would right. hate that. <laughs> she does not like that idea. Even if it was with her best friends, like my, you know, she just doesn't. That has no appeal to her, and she really likes routine. Yeah. And unfortunately for me, when I'm gone, the house runs smoother and easier. Right. Like I, I figure. Sometimes she thinks of me as like, you know, we have three me kids, too. I'm the fourth kid, yeah. and that's, she's got to deal with that. So when I'm gone, <laughs> even though it's a little bit harder, like dealing with the kids and the emotional stuff, or them acting bad or getting hurt or sick or whatever, she can run the ship a little bit tighter because there's not this other giant human there that's trying to ruin everything, of all of her <laughs> plans. But I don't ever feel bad. We do have a killer job. This yeah. is amazing. Yeah. I don't ever I do I think that our job is one of the best being in a mm-hmm. band, a rock band for this long especially, but just having this career and stuff, I'm never going to badmouth it. it. It there are things that are really hard. Last tour, every vehicle we got like broke down. We were in four different vehicles, I think. Yeah, it wasn't fun. Now, one one on a 5-day tour. Like that was not a
2: fun tour. No, no, no. We didn't it have much fun. And we anything. had to make all the yeah. decisions. Yeah. Our van's broken down Very in stressful. the middle
0: of nowhere. Yeah. Colorado, and we have to get to a show in 2 hours. Yeah. And we're a yeah. hundred and something miles away from the show. What do you do in right. that moment? You're like, uh, and we had to figure out everything and all this stuff. We got it figured out, but I mean, it's just that's the thing that like it, it goes back a little bit to that brotherhood. How can we not be like? One, one, we are broken down in the middle of nowhere, sitting at a Love's truck stop. There's no, way, was, there's, there's not a rental car within a hundred miles. Not joking. We're like, what in the world do we do? We that figured was out. Yeah. we got a U-Haul. Drove also. How do you not then? Then how do you go back to? Oh, I need to be aware of you know that I left coffee kernels in the coffee maker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, you know that, what I mean. Like I, I need to be aware of that, but it's hard to get back there. Yeah. That but moment where
2: we the that transmission broke and we knew it might go and it did go. It was it took about thirty seconds to look at it and say that's that. It's two o'clock. Here's this. Here's that. And seconds later. Everything mobilizes. I said, We're going I'm getting a hitchhiker. You're right. going to do this. You call U Haul, and you said, Do this. I go in the thing. I try to bribe some people to take us back to another town right. or see who's going this way. I say, Devin, you call them. And it's just, you got, and everybody's just like, It's not, what are we going to do? Right. I mean, that doesn't even, it's, I love those the the, the yeah. real chaotic I mean it's, they're very stressful but there's so much to be done in these chaotic moments and you, you know you can trust the people you're not having to take care of somebody everybody just goes this level of problem solve do it get there yeah no matter what it takes because there's thousands of dollars it doesn't matter what it costs to get there cuz we lose thousands of dollars if we don't get there and you right. got to get there and you're going to. It's not even like what should we do? I mean, it's not even like no. that. You just you just do it. It's and very so sad. So that
0: but that's still fun. Like once you we got to the show, I was like, "Whoa, yeah." But, it's it's know, an accomplishment, the, the satisfying. We yeah. cracked yeah. open a beer, we made it to the show, everything was awesome. And so that's what I'm saying. Even that was awesome. I love yeah. that memory that we got through it. So yeah. e- everything about the job is good. I will say one thing on the side and this is totally off track, but uh That the number one time I've ever recognized my white privilege was when our car broke down. Mm -hmm. When that van broke down in the middle of nowhere, we literally were like I, you know how many times i've been at a truck stop through the years especially with stuff and there have been people like hey my car broke down i just need a little bit of gas or this or this and i always go get out of here whatever you know what i mean but i thought for everybody was so nice to us oh yeah hey sorry i would love to take you just not going that direction or nobody was like really mean mean or rude or yeah anything like and then somebody they believe, yeah, and gave we, us a yeah. free ride yeah. yeah a guy gave us a free I hopped in drove 30 miles to the u-haul place mm-hmm. yeah and everything and i was like if i if we were minorities we probably n- no wouldn't, chance. We yeah. we wouldn't have anything. Right. More if, than if just we that. Just, if we were just uh, a little uh, more poor, or yeah. if, like if, you white, if you were white, if you were white trashier and right. had worse vocabulary, right. you wouldn't get picked right. up. I was like, right. nobody would even. And, and we. The exact same situation. People happened. be like, "I'm not picking up. Yeah, I'm not taking I mean,
1: somebody that's sketchy." Right.
2: I think poor white people really should be included in minority yeah. status. Like, I mean, it, I don't. I mean, I, minority I is such a stupid word. <laughs> yeah. No, well, no, I don't. I mean, I, I'll make the point that first of all, minority is not the right word. That just means we're talking about mathematical percentages of people. Right. And so uh, obviously, there's groups that are less less percentage wise that do better than groups that are. You know, white trash, poor white people. That I mean, we see that there's a lot of backlash from those people because they have it bad. Yeah, they have it bad too. You know, you know, and but they're not technically any kind of racial minority, but they're they're they are an oppressed or harmed or lowly looked at underprivileged group. At least So those things get
0: really weird But It was just shocking to me How easy it was Yeah I totally agree I mean within minutes We had a free ride For 30 miles Yeah And it wasn't even that hard And people were smiling And you know Willing to help If if they could I was just like This is crazy This one guy
2: had an RV I was like He's going the direction We're going And he's like And I talked went and talked to him and you know i put on charm i thought and i know he felt safe and everything he's like yeah that's cool man y'all are a band we just talked to him about his rv for a minute i showed him our and i was like you're gonna take us you go in the same direction that'd be great we could probably off it in there and get there and we have to yeah. come back and he's like yeah totally he goes that's awesome I said, I, I said i'll give you 50 bucks whatever and you know yeah and he's like yeah totally cool let me just go inside and pay and i'll run it by my girlfriend and we'll be good and then i waited out there for a few minutes he came back he's like my girlfriend's not having it. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah. Women. Like he was so into it. He's like, Yes. Yeah, so cool. Like, I'm gonna pick up these seven guys and we're gonna go ride in an R V forty miles west toward yeah. Denver. And his girlfriend was like, No, we're not <laughs>
1: I think another thing interesting about all this too is um the disadvantages of being big, and I don't even mean overweight, but just a bigger person because that sets the person up to be like, Oh my gosh. Like, yep. if this guy wanted to mess with me, yeah. they they would overpower me. I mean, like, big people, taller, more muscular, it's, it's more intimidating as well. Um,
2: but you asked that question before, though, I think, that might have got lost a little bit, which is interesting, which is people say, oh, you have the life or whatever. Look, most people would not like it. I mean, it is you know, people that like routine and safety and control. I mean, it is chaos, and it's not about money. So it doesn't matter if you were making ten grand or a hundred grand or a thousand dollars or a hundred dollars. Not that I've made all those amounts of money, but. It feels the same if you, in the days we were trying to get to a gig where we made $200 as a gig where we're trying to get $2,000. Stuff can still go wrong. Your expenses are still proportional. You still save all the money you can. You still, it's still, it doesn't matter if you were on some big tour. You, it's, if you don't like being away from your family, none of those things make up right. for that stuff. The chaos of it exists. No matter what, I hear rich, famous people and rock stars and stuff, podcast people, all the time talking about their travel and what it's like, and it's it sounds miserable. Like they're up at five, they got in at three a.m. Like those, you know, that day where you take your family vacation, you don't get back till three in the morning because something was whatever. That's one of the worst days of your life. Well, that happens all the time to rich people if they have to do stuff like travel for work or go on tour. And some so many people hate it and would quit. So quickly right so and it's not a matter of the level you tour at. Like, oh, if i had a bus i'd be fine not really it's, it's kind of all the same can you exist in that stress and would you really like it and most people would not Yeah, even, even uh, if they had when, ha- when they you would make not. more
0: money even it's just more moving parts yeah and it gets, yeah. you know it's, it gets crazier like it, it, when you're when you're not making much money as a band then everything's coming right out of your pocket you're trying to do this but then as you even as you get bigger there's more people to pay there's more stuff there's more pressure to like to get to that show that was a bigger show for us in Denver, we're like we have to get to the show. Like to to cancel on the show is would be detrimental not only to us but to our fans who paid this money and are ready to be there. And the venue we still had to pay for the venue, all this stuff. So even when you make more money, it just gets more intense because yeah. you're like, well, everything's riding on that.
2: Money doesn't get you extra off days because you're valuable. I mean, you right. know what I mean? Money, if money doesn't, you now you have two gigs that pay. $10,000 and you have to fly red eye to get from one to the other yeah. even when you have I mean and you're sleeping under the chair at the airport it doesn't matter so it just happens the same way what about
1: the what about the very highest level though when someone is going well, on tour like Beyonce I guess. And, yeah, if it's like U2 me, guess,
0: there's probably but, different pressures but there's still pressure I mean Bono's voice feels scratchy and now there's you know Going to be what? And he has yeah. to do a
2: corporate event for a major sponsor and right. fake this, and they yeah. still have to fly overnight to New Zealand after right. that because of the new video. I mean, that's still how, it's, just like, it's still that yeah, way. Yeah, there's still
0: the pressure and stuff like that. All right, you want to do a little bit of damn news? Yeah, let's do yeah. it. All right, kick the music. In a world where we pretend that our life is hard, but it's really so much better than yours... Whoever's listening, this <laughs> our, life. our lives are unbelievable. For me, <laughs> this is the damn news, and I always give the truth. Yeah. My life's unbelievable. I really have yours. no yeah, I, I don't know. worry about anything. I've never, I haven't had a worry since what two thousand six. <laughs> not one damn worry. It's nice
2: for your worry to be right in front of you, is it not? It's, isn't, it, isn't it nice for your worry to be get there, sing the song? I mean, like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like oh, that's yeah. maybe that's why we badmouth our family. So as people go, why do you? Why don't you talk? Of course, we, I mean, again, it's always implied yeah. that I love my wife and my kids or whatever what that i'm secure enough to talk bad about them but that's probably part of the reason is my life and my job and everything are super good my family life (laughs) standard (laughs) normal every man's battle there you know
0: all right so classic damn news is the time joey that you couldn't stop laughing from the guy that got swept out to sea right (laughs) i want to know this this could get you boy. Oh, I'm no. hoping this gets you. This is a true story. This is this comes You're from. You're trying to make Joey laugh the, about a tragedy. Well, no, <laughs> I'm not trying to make you laugh. I just want to see if the. I want to see the real Joey. You couldn't make if Shane Claiborne crack. Joey, so while I read this article, while I read the title of this, I want you to look at me. Okay. Okay. Keep keep the microphone there. I want to say so. This is this comes from NBC News. No joke. All right, ready, Joey? Yeah. Florida man crashes into fire hydrant. And drowns on his 89th birthday. (laughs) Florida man crashes into a fire hydrant and drowns on his 89th birthday. This is true. This isn't fake news. A Uh, Florida man died on his 89th birthday when he crashed his car into a fire hydrant and drowned. The man, Robert Dreyer, veered, veered off the road and into a hydrant, unfortunately. Wednesday in the town of Vera, 40 miles southeast of Orlando. Dreyer appeared to be unhurt <laughs> after the crash. But when he stepped out of the car to check on the damage, the water pressure was so strong <laughs> that it sucked him in and pulled him into the hole. What hole? There was a hole where the where he had fallen out, where he knocked over the fire hydrant. He knocked over the fire hydrant and a hole there. This is probably the first time I've ever heard of something like this happen where a fire, where somebody hit a fire hydrant and drowned, said Lieutenant Channing Taylor. Another witness, Edward Cunningham, told uh, WESH that he tried to rescue Dreyer, but that the water was gushing too strongly. It was pushing me out of the hole, and I weigh 220 pounds.
2: <laughs> Does it make you a bad person to laugh at that? No, I don't
0: want to laugh at it. Joey did.
1: Joey did, though. Joey, what do you
0: think about that? What um. Would,
1: I think I think this is one of those examples where we need to maintain an element of respect. Yes, I agree. But at the same time understand that there is Dude, his
0: grandkids and family's sad.
1: Right. You know, exactly. Right. But we shouldn't beat ourselves up that there's enough distance removed between us and him to where let's face it, if we saw this happen on a movie and we knew that it wasn't for real, we'd be like, ah, oh my gosh, that dude was—he he hit a fire hydrant and drowned. Like, if the movie if was, was trying to get you to laugh, right. we could. Right. Well, we don't know this person, so I can really jump in both worlds. I can seriously jump into the realm of, oh my gosh, this is tragic. I mean, his family's got to be thinking of mm-hmm. all things, this. But then I can jump right into, I don't know this guy, and that is one of the funniest visuals ever. You know, it's I,
0: crazy that that this. I can't even believe it's really true that it can happen. Well, like I mean, you're just that he could have never have guessed that's how he would go. Like he I, never, I know, you know what scary, I mean? He's like, though. I'm 89. You know, I know my time's limited, but he would have never have guessed that. No, the Grim Reaper was there. Final destination there. I mean, he probably got out of the car and was like, "Damn it!" Here, oh, he and he was gone. Yeah. Just gone
2: I think those are the better ways to go Is unexpected and quickly as Drowning's my, horrible though Yeah, that's true But
1: nonetheless It would just be it would still, It's still I still don't totally understand and How it sucked him
0: in That's kind of weird isn't yeah, it? I, Why are these Florida I, how, things how,
1: how sure are you about this story By but the way it,
0: It's on NBC News So well, I mean, maybe some, somebody can tell me If it's fake maybe, <laughs> I pray it's fake Yeah, I mean we could really <laughs> but I think we could
2: it's, really laugh then But the, uh, we have that capacity Like you said, Joey It's a It's a bizarre one But it's kind of a necessary one And it confuses me To think about that Because Clearly, you can ignore absolute tragedies around the world that uh, I know it's crazy, but once you could prevent every single day, you could donate enough money to prevent a death every single day. That's could, true. And you don't. So you must, therefore, but if you could, there's no way you could walk by somebody who was drowning and not help them. Right. Like, okay. And, and there's some somebody said it in an experiment or just a thought experiment, and it makes a lot of sense. What would you think of somebody who's walking and he sees a kid drowning in a muddy river or something like that, or yeah. old person, eighty nine year old, whatever it is, and decline to help them because they didn't want to ruin their brand new suit, it was thousand dollars, right? I mean, you know what I mean. Right. But for if you were to give up a thousand dollars today, you could save more than one life right. with a mosquito net. With right. I mean, you, you, are they you
0: just can't. gonna have to make fire hydrants more safe though for older folks? Like is I, it? I
1: don't think that's gonna happen a whole lot. But I mean, so. <laughs> now, you know what else, too,
0: though? How about this? I'm, I've said this before. The older you get, the less people care. Your first reaction oh, yeah, was, was sure. 89. Right. I mean, luckily. Right. It, if that it, was if like was a, a
1: seven-year-old. Yeah. You, it, this would be devastating. There right. would
0: be zero right. joke if that it was a kid. That is true. That
1: is true. I mean, here, here's here's an example of what I'm or talking about. Or if it's a about. drunk
0: person, you go, dumbass. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like These you would, are all you, built-in ways of our right. brain. kind of You have a way of
1: justifying some things and not others. Yeah. Here's an example of this. in in real play for me is we went with Habitat for Humanity to Ghana. And so that's on the west coast of Africa. And I was just so intrigued. I'm looking at the beach in Africa. I'm like, we're on the African coast. This is unbelievable. Well, there was an elderly woman in our mission uh, team uh, with Habitat in our group who wanted to get into the water. So Priscilla's dad is you could tell he's super anxious because these waves are unbelievable. Yeah. So she is a lady, and she's she's probably in waist deep wa- or or like knee deep water, but she's trying to like lay down. Oh, and, and these waves are huge, and they're just she knocking brave. her butt. And so uh, Priscilla's dad, Dave, is like really close, and he keeps putting his hand out. She's like, Oh no, I'm <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> and we're all watching this old lady just being tossed around with she's the waves. Awesome. I was. It was hilarious. Looking, I love now, that lady. If she would have Gotten washed out, out to see, see <laughs> yeah. those visual, those initial visuals would would, horror, would have still yeah. be funny. No, that's true. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, the, the, like you say, we were all dying laughing, and then <laughs> and then it's tragic. <laughs> so that would be a and very. We never con-
0: saw her again. That
1: would be a very confusing thing. Now, I do think I would probably be able to jump permanently <laughs> into the. Oh my gosh, that was tragic, but. Fifteen year, years later, we're gonna be like, "Oh, Miss Sandra, do you remember? Do you remember what it looked like before she went like, out? I mean, it's crazy. Like it looking. was funny, even. Yeah, yeah. she died seconds later, but it was. I mean, that, it was funny. My 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 papa, he died of stomach cancer. Is disastrous. It was a tragedy, but he said some crazy stuff when he was on those drugs to yeah. make him feel better. Mm-hmm. I can laugh about that. That was still a part of his
2: death. Well, you have um, to be able to separate, right. like, you, like it's mandatory. Like, okay, just go ahead. I mean, I mean, if you want to make the, a, a, I really always felt this way. If you just, if you just want to look at Jesus on the cross, I'm not trying to be spiritual about it, but if he died for all the sin, or if you're God, I mean, if you had to, like, if you had to understand a minute fraction of the suffering that is true, even in this moment today around the world you couldn't even begin to have empathy or care about it yeah. if if it, and the amount that you could would equal just complete mental breakdown yeah. like you you would li- if you if you got exposed to i'd say less than 1% of the suffering that's going on the rapes the dogs that are being tortured and humans sex slaves people in basements everything you know murder violence neglected children if you had even a, Fractional glimpse of that, and like inexperience with your senses yeah. that you could uh, observe, you would never. I, I think you would just fall apart. You would throw up and go yeah. mentally insane and never be able to recover or yeah. ever. You'd be completely paralyzed and immobilized, no matter what. Right. So you have to, which it confuses me when you say love your neighbor, care about everybody. Well, I mean, you know, you know, we can't do that, right? Right. 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 So incapable. what does that mean? I mean, how are you supposed to really? Walk it out, for lack of a better term. I mean, you you have to acknowledge you don't give a shit about the people in Africa, right? right, For the most part, you have to acknowledge that. There's no other way to operate. This story is funny to
0: me though, because it's kind of like the final destination. Like you would think you would die from the car wreck. An 89 year old old man in a car wreck that hit a fire hydrant. He's made it. Yeah. Oh, sure. I'm invincible. Damn
1: it. (laughs) Hey, can I go real serious right now? No, for like mm, one minute. Okay. So your mom passed away. Um, thanks for reminding him. No, thanks for bringing that up in the final I, minute. I want to ask. I want to really ask this. So <laughs> let's say that Matt would
0: prefer if you kind of tiptoed around the subject. You got to go. You remember? You remember? You know that like, that thing that happened to you <laughs> recently?
1: Your uh, mom died. <laughs> so let's say that. So so she actually died when she was by herself. What if she was? This is
0: just. Hot. Let's don't.
1: Oh, <laughs> what I a, just can't even handle okay. it right now. What What if she was eating a hamburger? All right right and then and let's say that came out on our podcast where you're just like you know she's eating a hamburger and and then another popular podcast uh, talks about yeah, our friend Matt Carter's mom passed away and then quotes dumb and dumber and says, you know one minute you're eating a hamburger next thing you're dead meat <laughs> could you listen to that and be like, well, I mean that's my mom, so that kind of hurts to hear that, but they're just joking or would you be pissed? I imagine right, the way I would feel
2: if I listened to that on another podcast would be. Uh, I'd be, it would be the exact way I feel right now with you saying it to me. <laughs> Which is, I can handle it, of yeah. course. Yeah. I mean, it, that would be totally fine with me, yeah. personally. I don't, I wouldn't, like, it, as long as it's not mean spirited. Right. And even if it was, what would I, how, I mean, I should be able to separate that. Yeah. Right? Like, if somebody said something mean about my mom. I, th- I mean, I personally either. think what? that what? is, that that's
1: would a, just be mean. And that's just kind of mean. But I think the three of us would probably do that with someone. Who died forty years ago? Because it's we don't know anybody that yeah, knew that, them. That's, or, yeah, for sure, we don't
0: know this guy, so it's easier to to hear a story about somebody hitting a fire hydrant. You never think of them drowning. I yeah, mean, like that's just it sounds so uh, fantastical and crazy that it just doesn't even matter. Yeah, but. I appreciate
2: the acknowledgement of stuff like that in general. Yeah. I mean, Joey got in the car off the airplane
0: two days ago when we picked
2: him up at the airport. And the first thing he said because we always say, "How's Joey going to be when we get get at the airplane?" He gets in the car doesn't say anything for about 30 seconds, and he says to me and Devin, sorry about y'all's moms. (laughs) That's the first thing he said. And I guess that was a joke. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like your opening joke to hang out with a group is make a joke about mine and Devin's mom dying
1: this year. Right.
2: (laughs) That was the joke.
1: Right. And it was okay. And I'm glad that we can talk about it. I think that's good. And I think that door is open because of our friendships and the fact that you guys also know that I care about your moms. And care right. what y'all are going through. Yeah. But so uh, uh, yeah, but that context, so context matters. And nobody I mean, wants you,
0: an old man to die. Right. Uh, we're not, that, that's not, of course. Like, that's what I'm saying. I, I deal with a lot of stuff, a lot of pain stuff with laughter and cutting up. Right. And that helps me process it a little bit and go, wait a minute, this is life. I don't have to be so angry or hurt and carry this forever. It's a little bit, a lot of times laughing for me and cutting up about stuff is mourning. Right. It I takes get to, the I get, elephant get, out of yeah, the room, usually. I get to make the, it I get to make the it a, them actual person. And this is fu- this is funny. And what's the, the light stuff of this? Because of course the we all know the bad. Of course we all know that it's bad when somebody dies. Yeah, uh, uh, there's no chance I don't know that. Right. I'm not making light of right. it to because that part doesn't hurt. I'm making light. In fact, because it does. It's yeah. sad. But yeah.
1: All right. All I'm right. Well, all uh, Holly Bartley, Christopher Jondal, Narita Simeon Gomez, Claros, Chad Hilson – Jillian Moran, Amy Crewson, and Lawrence Outridge. Thank you guys for joining that BC Club by going to thebcclub.com. And hey, if you guys don't know this, you can also go to that website, thebcclub.com, and just click on the Amazon link there and do your Amazon shopping through us. That's a way to help. And for those of you that maybe you don't have an Amazon account or you don't have any extra money but you love this podcast and you're like, man, I wish I could just do something, go to our iTunes uh, and basically go through the process of just leaving us a rating or a comment because that – is very helpful as well and it doesn't cost you anything but a minute of your time so we yep. sure would appreciate that.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I'll leave you guys with a good Bible verse today. And this comes from Genesis 22, the first book in the Bible.
1: Oh, my my favorite book yep.
0: of the Bible. Uh, and uh, Joey, I'd like you to would you mind applying this verse today uh, in your life? You don't not, you know, just I want you to apply this. Okay. Um, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering. On one of the mountains that I shall show you. Okay. Genesis 22 two.
2: You can't pick and choose.
0: Nope. Literal.
2: You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Jabberjawmedia.com.